Thank you for taking time to listen to this sermon from Hope Church Toronto North. It is our prayer that through this message, you are challenged and encouraged by the Word of God and grow in your love for God and love for others. It is God's desire for us to be members of and regularly participate in a local church under the care of qualified elders. If you are not attending a local church right now, we encourage you to take that step. If you do live in the North York area and are looking for a local church, we invite you to visit us at one of our Sunday morning gatherings to discern if this is the church God is leading you to. So we're looking at Luke 13. We're going to be going from verses 10 to 21. So when you have it, you can say amen. Turn to it if you got it. When you got it, say amen. Amen. All right, verse 10 says, As he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, a woman was there who had been disabled by a spirit for over 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called out to her, Woman, you are free of your disability. Then he laid his hands on her, and instantly she was restored and began to glorify God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, responded by telling the crowd, There are six days when uh, work should be done. Therefore, come on those days and be healed, not on the Sabbath. But the Lord answered him and said, Hypocrites, don't, doesn't, yeah. (laughs) Sometimes the Bible's funny. Doesn't each one of you untie his ox or donkey from the feeding trough on the Sabbath and lead it to water? Satan has bound this woman, a daughter of Abraham, for 18 years. Shouldn't she be untied from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he had said these things, all the adversaries were humiliated. But the whole crowd was rejoicing over the glorious things he was doing. He said, therefore, what is, what is the kingdom of God like and what can compare to it? It's like a mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his garden. It grew and became a tree, and the birds of the sky nested in its branches. Again, he said, what can I compare the kingdom of God to? It's like leaven that a woman took and mixed and into 50 pounds of flour until it was all leavened. So verse 17 says the the people were rejoicing at the glorious things that Jesus was doing. And Jesus has been doing some very glorious things. He's been teaching people. He has been feeding people. All all through the the gospel of Luke, we've seen this. He's been discipling people, men and women. He's been healing people. And all of this showed that the kingdom of God has come and it's advancing. All the things that Jesus has done up to this point has been saying this to the people who heard him and saw him and saying it to us. The kingdom has come and it is advancing. And what the Holy Spirit says in this text only makes that argument stronger. And here's what you got to understand about this passage. This passage is a gift from the Holy Spirit to you and to me. Because this passage gives you perspective on the world. This passage, when you dig it up and see what's going on, should fill you with hope. This passage should fill you with confidence in a dark world because the kingdom is here and it's advancing. The kingdom is advancing and people are being set free. Look at verse 10. As he was teaching 
In one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, a woman was there who was disabled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. Now, her problem is not because of old age. It's not a physical problem. It's a spiritual problem that she is dealing with. It says that she was disabled by a spirit. If you go to verse 16, it says she was, Satan had bound her. This is a woman who's experiencing demonic attack. She's under it. But what you got to know is Jesus helped her. It says in verse 12 that he saw her, that he called out to her. And then in verse 13, that he laid his hands on her. What Luke is telling you is Jesus took the initiative. And I don't know about you, but I'm glad that we have a God who took the initiative. You're in the faith because of that. See, Satan wanted to destroy you. But Jesus said, not on my watch. Henry Gregory said, his was a love-expressing work. His was a love that, like a, the, the roots of a rose bush, went down into the crude earth and drew glorious colors. A ravishing perfume out of the soil. It was a love that emptied itself to feed others. A love, I love this. A love, I love this. A love that threw itself between the wolf and the sheep. Think about that. Jesus said, not on my, so you could have life. So you could sit here and listen to Brother Jermaine lead us in that beautiful gospel voice, singing everlasting God. So you can lift your voice and sing. The healing touched her in two ways. Notice she is straightened up instantly. Verse 13 says that, that he laid his hands on her and instantly she was restored. She was immediately straightened up, instantly. And then she started praising God. It's in the text. Say, it's in the text. It's in the text. Verse 13, she started to glorify God. We call this the right response to divine deliverance. Her life will never be the same. You're going to meet this woman in heaven and she's going to be like, that was a good day for me. Never be the same. And this takes me to something that I love about our church. You, seriously, when people ask me, they're like, tell me about the church. I'm like, honestly, it's a church that is not afraid to praise God. I was with a pastor last week. He's like, I'm coming to visit. I'm like, you should. You're not afraid to lift your voice and give God the praise he deserves. And the word to you is keep it up. Seriously. Sometimes I'm in the back and I'm like, we could do this for a week. Listening to you sing. When you're gathered with the saints, lift your voice, raise your hands. Don't be afraid to move your body a little bit, all right? It's okay. And when you're scattered in the city, tell people, don't be afraid to talk about the work of God in your life. Don't be afraid to say, this is what God has done for me. Don't let people quiet your voice. That's all they want to do right now. Oh, leave that God stuff out of here. No, no, no. You're bringing your mess in here. I'm bringing my God in here. So you fear the Lord and no one else. And you say, this is what God has done for me. If you got a problem, that's your problem. But I'm going to talk about my God. Verse 14 says, but the leader of the synagogue was indignant. There's always somebody vexed, you know? Good things are going on. Somebody's always bothered. Because Jesus healed on the Sabbath. 
he responded by telling the crowd, there are six days when work should be done. Therefore, come on those days and be healed, not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord, he's upset, but Jesus is not having it. It says, but the Lord answered him and said, hypocrites. Notice that hypocrites in your Bible is in the plural. See, Jesus is not just rebuking this guy. He's rebuking everybody who agrees with him. It says, doesn't each of you untie his ox or donkey from the feeding trough on the Sabbath day and lead it to water? Satan bound this woman, a daughter of Abraham, for 18 years. Shouldn't she be untied from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said these things, all his adversaries were humiliated, but the whole crowd was rejoicing, there it is, over the glorious things that he was doing. They're hypocrites. They don't practice what they preach. Jesus is like, hold on, you're willing to help your animal? Think about this. You lead them to water. This woman has been suffering for years. And brother, you're upset that I just, really? I'm trying to get you to read your Bible with the emotion that's really there. Right? Sometimes we read and we just kind of flip over like, oh, okay. No, he was upset. He's like, we shouldn't, un- we shouldn't help her. She has been suffering. Here's a man who lacks compassion. Not just him alone, because there was other people there. A lack of compassion. Here's a man who, for him, that was process was more important than people. Now, I want to say this clear. It's good to have processes. It's it's important to have a way of doing things in in schools, in our homes, in how you deal with money, all those things, in your family, in your business. It's good to have processes. Those are okay. It's a good thing. But we always have to be ready to adjust the process because when compassion requires it. Ready. Because compassion says, okay, we got to hold off on the the way we, because right now this has to be done. Here's a man who could not see what compassion required. That's why he gets rebuked. Says Satan has bound this woman, the daughter of Abraham, for 18 years. Shouldn't she be untied on the Sabbath day? I want you to notice that it's a question. Do you notice that? He rebukes him, but he actually asks him a question. And that's because Jesus is trying to get this man to admit that this, the Sabbath day, was the perfect day for this. See, Deuteronomy, let me read you. Deuteronomy 5 verse 15 says, remember that you were, slave, were a slave in the land of Egypt. This is God talking to the people of Israel. And the Lord your God brought you out from there with a strong hand and an outstretched arm. That is why the Lord your God has commanded you to keep the Sabbath. The Sabbath is a day to rest, but it's also a day to celebrate freedom from bondage. So Jesus is like, I don't think you know your Bible like I do because you shouldn't be complaining. You shouldn't be in your feelings. You should be rejoicing at the moment because this day should remind you of that day when your people were under an oppressive power 
And God said, enough with that, and came down there and got you out of Egypt and took you to the promised land. The same way God re re uh, rescued the people of Israel from this oppressive power, Jesus is like, I am doing the same. The man's not paying attention. He says, you should be rejoicing, not complaining. Now, before we move from this, I want, I want to tell you a couple things. I want to say a couple things off this. One, sometimes, not every time, but sometimes the suffering you experience in this life is because of demonic attack. And you got to think about that. Sometimes, not every time, but the demonic, Satan hates you. And he hates God. He wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy you. Sometimes when you're under it, there's more going on. There's some real spiritual realities that you are dealing with. You're like, give me an example. Sure. Say, give me an example, Marv. Okay, Job. Job, in a day, everything attacks him. Satan dragged him. I'm giving you Job as an example because Satan dragged him through the fire. But do you know what the brother said? Even if he slays me, yet I will trust him. See, Job's life, Satan went at him, but God worked through all of that to sustain him, to strengthen him, and to sanctify him. He came out a better man. And I'm telling you that because when the attack comes, and it will come, you got to understand that God is going to do the same for you because he is that good. He will not let you suffer. See, I'm getting some amens in the back. Let the babies talk. I love it. Here's the other thing. Some preachers will tell you from this scene that this shows and guarantees physical healing for every believer in this life. All right. Yeah. Say, that's a lie. It's a lie. See, the truth is, some people will be healed in this life. But some people, and I'm not saying this to be harsh, I just want you to understand, some people will have to wait for the next life. That's the truth. But here's the thing. I want you to remember this. If you're in that spot, if you're... But let me say this first. Because some people can be healed in this life, the Bible says, I want to make sure I'm balanced here, pray for healing. So if you're sick, or if you know someone who's sick, the Bible says, call for the elders. You don't even have to call. Get, just get some of your people together and pray and ask the Lord to heal you. And if God wants to, he will. But if he chooses not to, remember that God says, my grace is sufficient for you and my power is made perfect in weakness. And I want to say, because I know there's some people in our church who are dealing with long-term stuff. You need to understand that every time we see you here, lifting your voice, worshiping God, serving the saints, and letting other people minister to you, you need to understand that the power of God is being displayed in your life. And it's beautiful. Because Satan wants you to be like, God's not good. He attacks. The, these, these, the, the suffering sometimes comes and he says, oh, you should just give up on the faith. If God loved you, this wouldn't be happening. And you look at him and you say, no, he's sanctifying me. 
And I got people who love me, and I'm not walking through this all by myself. I don't even know where I'm supposed to be right now. Hold on. What Jesus does for this woman reveals the compassion of God. I want you to also understand it reveals the diminishing authority of Satan. The kingdom has come and it's advancing. Look at verse 18. He said, therefore, what is the kingdom of God like? And what can I compare it to? It's like a mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his garden. It grew and became a tree. And the birds of the sky nested in its branches. Again, he said, what can I compare the kingdom of God to? It's like leaven that a woman took and mixed into 50 pounds of flour until it was leaven. The kingdom starts small, but it's unstoppable. The mustard seed was, is small, but it produced a tree that was 10 feet or 12 feet, they say, high. Starts small but it's unstoppable. And what Jesus is trying to tell you is, I know some days it doesn't feel like it, Marv. I know it doesn't feel like it some days, Alethea, but the kingdom is growing. And when it gets to its full size, it's gonna be full of sanctified, renewed people in it, giving glory to God. I say it this way, everything will be right and everything will work right. Those who are waiting on healing, you are gonna be in a good place. And so you keep trusting the Lord. We will not live in brokenness forever. The image of leaven is also usually used in a negative way. But here it's used in a positive way. And what I want you to see is there is a... Look how much flour she's mixing, right? Must be a lot of fried dumpling going on at that house. (laughs) A ton of flour, but there is just a little bit of leaven. It's a small thing changing a big thing. And notice that Jesus says she mixes it in until it's all leaven. What did that tell you? It's going to take over. It's unstoppable. The leaven is in the flower working quietly and unseen. Jesus is giving you a picture of the kingdom of God. It's in the world here, even in the darkness even in all the demonic things going on every day, working quietly and unseen, transforming lives. So what this tells you is no matter how ugly the world gets, you just keep remembering and keep reminding yourself and others that God is doing his thing, working and restoring. Here's the other one. The kingdom is where the nations will dwell. You're like, where are you getting that? Well, birds nesting. It says that that it grew and became, and this is verse 19, became a tree and the birds of the sky nested in the branches. Now, the birds of the sky is always a symbol for the nations. Ezekiel 17 says, this is what, 17 verses 22 to 23, this is what the Lord God says. I will take a spring from the lofty top of cedar and... uh, of the cedar and plant it. I will pluck a tender sprig from the, its topmost shoots, and I will plant it on, this, the, his, the, on a high towering mountain. I, I will plant it on Israel's high mountain so that it may bear branches, produce fruit, and become a majestic cedar. Birds of every kind will nest under it. 
taking shelter in the, in the shade of its branches. One of the things I love is shade. Seriously, when it's sunny out, you find me under a tree. I'm not lying. And what, because I love it because it's comfortable. You ever been in the shade and the breeze is on you? Right? You're thinking about it right now. You're like, hurry up and finish the sermon. I want you're, in, you're, you're like, I'm in a good place. This is what, that's what Jesus says here. The nations, the people who trust and repent and put their faith in Jesus Christ, they will be under the shelter of God. The Holy Spirit is trying to tell you that this is where the world is headed. And sometimes it doesn't feel that way. But this is where it's going. And let me tell you, it's going to be a good time. Turn to somebody and tell them, tell, tell, tell Joe Sam, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good, I want you to think about this. The nations are going to be there. Think about the singing. Seriously, think about this. When you look at the beautiful world that God has created, we're not all, we're not all the same. We're a rich picture of, of the creativity of God. Think about the singing, the music, the barbecues. No, I'm serious. The, so, we sometimes, we get so, we, sometimes for us, heaven starts to be this thing that like, oh, that doesn't even, we can't get our minds around it. But try, picture it, the barbecues, the laughter, the stories. You're going to meet people who are going to tell you things that God did in their life, and it's going to blow your mind. The laughter, the stories, the culture, the art. But let me give you the best part. Let me give you the thing that should warm and rejoice your heart. God is going to be there. Oh, there's going to be all this good stuff, sure. But what's going to make it special is that you're going to, the people of God are going to be in the presence of God forever. He is going to be there. I don't know about you, but I want to meet Jesus. I met him spiritually, but I want to see the brother face to face. He's going to be there. The success of the kingdom is guaranteed. And I heard somebody say this once, so I'll say it again. You can't stop kingdom growth because you cannot stop the king. Write it down. And let me tell you, we need, we need, you don't realize how much you need this word. Seriously. Because some days it feels like Satan is winning. I read a story yesterday just waiting for somebody to pick me up at Home Depot on ESPN, and it was so dark of what, the, of what somebody did to this 15-year-old girl. It was terrible. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, this, it was, it, like, I, I, I thought I was going to start crying in the parking lot. It's so dark. The world is so ugly at times, and it feels like Satan is winning. And there are times when you're honest with yourself, you're sitting there, and you're like, I think I, I just want to give up on this thing. You start envying those people who are just in their beds right now while you're sitting here. But the Spirit says, no, wait on the Lord. Keep the Think about this. This woman, now Luke says it twice, she was suffering for 18 years. She had to wait 18 years for change to come. But if you're reading the same Bible I'm reading, what you notice is the change did come. And so the text says to you, don't give up. It says, keep the faith. Stay on the narrow path. Trust God. Wait patiently on the Lord. Brothers and sisters, I want you to know the kingdom has come. 
and it is advancing. And you got to be patient. But there's a day coming when you will see the beautiful work of God. And you're going to do what the people in verse 17 are doing. You're going to rejoice at the glorious things that God has been doing and is doing. You keep the faith. You keep the faith. Let's stand and pray. God, we give you we give you thanks because you give us a word, Lord God. In times when we may not think we we need it or we're expecting to hear something else, but Lord, this is your word for us today. And I pray that it would Touch us, Lord, in a deep and powerful way. God, I pray that this word would help us wait on you. God, I pray that this word would help us see that there's way more going on than we realize. There's an evil, demonic realm working, but it cannot stop what you are doing, God. It cannot stop the work that has been started from the moment that your son came as a baby to give us life. And so, Father, we ask that you would help us to have spiritual eyes, to be ready to rejoice as we see and know you are changing and transforming lives. We know and believe that you have promised God that you are going to restore and renew what is broken. And God, I pray that wouldn't make us sit on our hands. I pray it would make us faithful. Faithful in following you and living for you. Faithful in praying for those who need healing and transformation, believing that if you want to, you will do it. Faithful in telling other people of the real spiritual realities that are going on as they're distracted sometimes simply by entertainment and feeling good. It's telling them that God is real, the kingdom has come. And today is the day to repent and to trust because Jesus will welcome you in. Help us to be courageous, God. Not to hide as we wait, but to be open as we wait. God, we pray and give you thanks and all the glory. And God, I pray that you would help us sing from a spot now where we believe that it's, you are worth waiting on, that you are worth living for, that you are doing a special thing through Jesus Christ and through your people. Help us to stay on that narrow path. Help us to stay waiting. Help us to stay trusting, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. For more resources or information about Hope Church, visit hopetorontonorth.com.